You're listening to The Black Hole Cafe, a podcast where we spend about 42 minutes discussing a topic that has grabbed our attention and just won't let go. I'm Taylor Wingfield. And I'm Richard Wingfield. Welcome to The Black Hole Cafe. Hey, Dad, welcome to the Black Hole Cafe. How are you doing today? I am doing okay. Well, um, do you have any follow-ups or cafe updates from our last show? I've been anxiously waiting to hear about this. So we we have been, um, I don't know if scared is the right word. We have, we have not done any more baking. Um, we, we, I did get the input from Giovanna that um, if we're going to bake, she wants to have something sweet and we did savory. So next time, next time we bake, we'll do that. But my follow-up is going to be from the, from the last show from, from baking, uh, kind of crossover to my real camera show. So I've been doing an online Zoom photo happy hour with a, uh, photography instructor and we'll put link in the show notes. She's been fantastic, but she's like ex Houstonian that lives in and lives in England. So, and, and so has moved to some online stuff. So the assignment this, uh, this month for the hap photo happy hour that's coming up on Friday was food photography. And I will keep us from getting the explicit rating and bleep myself, but it is the mm, 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 hardest thing to do, right? So uh, when we were baking, I tried to take photos of, of what we were baking and what have you. And uh, it, it, uh, it is really hard uh, really <laughs> for me hard anyway. Yeah, yeah. Look good. It is really, yeah. really difficult. Um, we, we have run into a similar thing working on, you know, we talked about that uh, my boyfriend and I have an Instagram account together specifically dedicated to food. And it's, it's really hard. Um, I don't know if he'll be mad at me for saying this, but today we were trying to plate a dish. And basically what we did was it was a dish we had cooked last night or he had cooked last night. I, it, this is all him. I did not help. Um, but he, what we did today is like, we plated it cold and took photos cold and it still looks really great, but it's not like we just made it. We just were plating everything cold (laughs) to try and make it look good. And then we like warmed it up to eat everything, you know? So, so photography is, is very difficult. Well, luckily I think, I don't know if I got a shot, um, when Giovanna and I were baking the other week. I'll have to go back through and any of the ones I got may take some serious editing, but the, uh, I, I did check back on the assignment and it can be food or drink. So I may just have to get some of those, uh, ice molds and some scotch. And that may be my, <laughs> get, get our loom cube lights out and some, some ice mold and some scotch and call that my assignment. So. Yeah. The fun thing with, that's the other thing that we've been doing is we love the loom cube. We have a very specific aesthetic with the loom cube and any cocktails that we make. Um, And so 
it's like you can get some really, really cool and interesting and moody shadows just photographing cocktails. They're a little bit less fussy than food. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. seems like a good compromise. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was that was my follow-up and a crossover. Uh, I don't have any uh, coffee follow-up for our cafe except that I'm still loving the grinder and, and getting new new coffee bean subscriptions weekly. I finally got one that I, I won't say I didn't like it, but I mean, they're all been good, but you know, that's an advancement for me going from, you know, grocery store coffee to actually go, Oh, I'm paying attention to how this tastes rather than it's just a hot steamy thing in the morning. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely, I, I feel like I should have been timing myself from the first time that I made espresso to how quickly I can get it done now. But the only reason I know that it's gone down in time is because I can actually like get it done before my 9 a.m. meetings at this point, <laughs> that I can make both Pedro and I a cocktail, uh, a cocktail, a coffee before. Um, oh, now we know the truth of the well, pandemic. <laughs> you know, we may have some Bailey's stash. Breakfast cocktails. Now. Yeah. Right um, who knows what day it is? It doesn't matter. <laughs> Uh, yes, but now I can actually make coffee in a reason, make espresso in a reasonable amount of time in the morning. Um, so I'm get I'm getting that down. Um, but I, I really don't have any too many follow ups either, except that um, in terms of baking, uh, I literally right now am proofing dough for um, bao buns. I don't you guys know what those are? They're like steamed um steamed pork belly buns basically oh so that sounds great they're super good um we tried it once and it was it, that i should have mentioned that in one of our previous episodes it was a an epic fail i mean a horrendous <laughs> horrendous fail. i mean they still tasted good um but we just like i mean they were like i wish i had pictures of how shriveled and sad they were it was <laughs> bad um, we did not give them enough room to steam and expand. So this is my next attempt, and I'm I'm trying again. Now right. that we know I'll, more about it, so I'll let you know how that goes. Yeah, I'll look for the for the photos on the Instagram account, and if I don't see them, I'll know it was fail number two. Yep, absolutely. That's pretty much how it'll go. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, what is on the, if, if we don't have any more follow-ups. Um, nope, no more what, follow-up. Yep. What's on the event horizon for today? Well, we have an interesting uh, twist today. We have a special guest. So we are, the on the event horizon for today is K-pop music. And as uh, I am only peripherally involved in that event horizon, we have your sister and my other daughter, Giovanna, here with us today uh, to discuss K-pop music. Annyeong, it's Korean for hello. <laughs> oh, I love that. Welcome. That's so great. I'm really excited about this. Um, I am also only peripherally involved or know that much about K-pop. So this is, this is going to be um, a lot of fun, I think. Um, yeah, I'm excited. <laughs> I, and, I, and I think maybe before we ask Giovanna our um, standard questions about when it started and what the event horizon is, we have a question for you. Did you take the pop quiz that we sent you? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did. <laughs> so yeah. don't don't look back. I think oh. Giovanna's going to give it to you on air, and yeah. then we'll oh, have it recorded. We'll see how better how much better you do okay. on the second try. <laughs> okay, my first try was not great. I will say that I was <laughs> I was actually impressed by how many I like sort of guessed correctly. So I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready. Okay. Right. All right. And so for people at home, you can try to play along too, if you want. So we'll put the, we'll put the link if in the show notes. In the show notes. Show notes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, so first question. So it's basic K-pop terms. So what is a bias? A, prefer, a preference towards your favorite K-pop group, your favorite member in a group, your least favorite member in a group or a K-pop group you don't like? So this is the one I got, one of the ones I got right. It's your favorite member in a group. Yes. Your bias is your favorite member in a group. Okay. Ultimate bias. A bias that sings, writes, produces, and produces music. The most popular K-pop idol of your biases. The bias you love the most among all the groups you follow. Or the most talented K-pop idol that is your bias. It's the one that you love the most out of all of your biases, right? Correct. Yes. <laughs> I did really no. well in the first two and felt really good about myself. And then it went downhill from there. So we'll, we'll see. Now this one's going to throw a lot of people who don't know K-pop off, but what it, okay. Next term is a comeback. It's either when a K-pop group changes entertainment companies, when a K-pop group returns from touring, when a K-pop song international initially charts low, but then becomes more popular over time, or the release of a new K-pop album. Okay, I knew this one too. It's the release of a new album. I yes. got this one right only because she and I have been arguing about it for <laughs> like months because she would talk about a comeback and being the age I'm at. A comeback is when some artist went away for like 10 years and comes back. And for them, it's like, oh no, well, they're, they're, this is their comeback. Their last one was three weeks ago. No, <laughs> a few yeah. months ago, about like five-ish months is about, uh, I'd say I, about how long. I do a release is to, like... No, I, just, yeah, I do I, have to release, I, I do have to agree with dad because I was like, looking for an answer that was like, oh, when, when a K-pop group does a reunion tour or whatever, like that's what I'm for. And it didn't, I wasn't there. And I was like, this doesn't make any sense to me. I don't yeah, understand. Yeah. yeah. A release in K-pop is when they release like a, like just one song, a single. Um, usually when they release a single though, it will be a pre, pre-release or AKA pre-comeback is when, um, <laughs> and they'll like be a, like basically a song that they released before they actually come back. Or it will be a release in another language, like Japanese or English, really. Those are like, or a mus- release of a music video that they, um, that, of a song that didn't have a music video already in their latest comeback. Yeah. All right. On to the next question. What is okay. agio? Cute displays of affection, a mixture of the words egg and yolk, <laughs> a term for a K-pop group's first album, a popular music streaming service. Uh, it's, um, uh, the one that's about the cute thing. Yes. Cute displays of affection. They usually use it, um, a lot to like warm people's hearts and a lot when communicating with fans and stuff. Nice. Um, what is a magnet? The oldest member in a K-pop group, the leader of a K-pop group, the prettiest member of a K-pop group, or the youngest member of a K-pop group. So I got this wrong. Um, and I'll tell you the answer that I, I was between two and my two were either the leader or the oldest. And I think I went with the 
leader and both of those answers are wrong yes it's the youngest member the youngest member of the group is the magnet which is like a whole role in itself the magnet is usually the person who like the is like the cutest does the most agio and stuff and um and like gets like um yeah like the youngest member is like a whole thing in itself um this is a whole other vocabulary of (laughs) (laughs) flashcards right right okay what is a fan chat a song written by fans to uh for their favorite artists lyrics fans sing for to support their group a song that is easy for fans to sing along to a song that's always highly requested at concerts i also got this one wrong um, and what I said was that it was a song, I like kind of knew w- what it was, but I said that it was a song that was easy to sing along to, which is not correct. You are correct that that is incorrect. Yeah. <laughs> You're correct. That is incorrect. Yeah. So, a fan chant is, um, are lyrics for fans, to, for fans to sing along to their group. Like, for example, I don't know many, I haven't learned many fan chants since I don't really go to many concerts, but I know a little bit of Seventeen's home fan chant. There's a part where they say, cause I'm your home, 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 home. The fans will chant the home, home, home part. And artists, um, groups will usually post videos to teach their um, fans the chant so that they can sing along at the concerts. Got it. What's so the that's what I was kind of go. I was like, okay, it's got to be yeah. something that like is a thing between, you know, I, I mean, this is sad, but I was like, oh, it's like a sports chant. You know, you have like specific right? yeah. things that the, <laughs> that the fans do for sports teams. Like it's got to be something similar. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. What well, is a light stick? A light that fans can buy it uh, to show their support during the group's performance. A night light, a string of lights in the group's color, or a quirky game played on variety shows. So it's one. It's a thing that you can buy at concerts, right? To to basically like wave around during the concert. Yes. Okay. Um, but they're not. She showed me they're not just like a light stick, right? Yeah. Like, like other people won't be able to see this, but I can show you here. That's the gift that they used. Um, yeah. So if they so. have some image or logo or whatever, the light stick's gonna like be in that shape or what? You yeah. Know. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I see. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you can look up for people. Like at you home, couldn't like buy a light stick at home. one concert, take it to a different. Group no, each group would. has their own unique one. Yeah, and I Korean see. light sticks are also called um, bongs. So if you ever see certain light sticks called bong, like um, Twice's candy bomb or Seventeen's carrot bong, that's why it's called a bong. This bong. Uh, <laughs> <okay>. <laughs> a little fun fact. <laughs> the next question: What is a celica? When a K-pop group wears silk clothing off stage, I mean on stage, a selfie, a way of expressing excitement when groups wear unique outfits on stage, a way of expressing shock when the group releases new music. Uh, I, I got this one right purely by guessing, and I guessed it was a selfie. <laughs> yes, that is correct. <laughs> selfie is a k- celica. Um, it comes from, literally comes from trans um translations the english word self and camera um so celica yeah nice. <laughs> um, so what is a subunit a k-pop group that's composed of members from the same group a name for a k-pop group's dance team a k-pop group that's composed of different members from different groups a k-pop group that releases music in another language it's um 
the the only reason I know this is because uh, Pedro and I were talking about this like a while ago because there's this might be spoilers for what we talked about on the podcast, but there's some group <laughs> with like 42 members in it. And I, I can't remember if it's J-pop or K-pop, um, but they have a, like, they all have these little subgroups. So it's like a mini group within the big K-pop group, right? Does the group happen to be called NCT? I don't, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I can they all have 42 members, but they have a lot of members and they're basically made up of subgroups. But go on. <laughs> yeah. So that, that's the only reason that I knew yeah. that one. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's a K-pop group that's composed of members from the same group. Like, for example, NCT is basically a big group of like, I think about a, a lot of people. <laughs> I think about 18 or something and they're composed into these different subgroups, 127, Dream, You, and wavy um yeah yeah yeah, that's what i was gonna say yeah (laughs) (laughs) um and what is a bias record a bias in the k-pop group that's known to be clumsy another member in a k-pop group that you think is attractive but isn't your bias a bias in a k-pop group that's known for their temper a new k-pop group that you discover and you enjoy more than the original group you liked um it is uh was this an answer choice when when a new member joins and you like that person more than your original bias or that's what i guessed i don't know if that's right that's not the exact answer but um it's along the lines of it it's a person in the group who you um also like basically makes you question who your bias is uh okay Um, okay got it yeah yeah so you got eight out of ten right. Congratulations! So, so that was the that was the marker. If you got eight, you could consider yourself. Yeah, yeah. A the fan. quiz is literally called. If you know at least eight of these terms, you're definitely a K-pop stan. Hey, so, yeah. I feel good about my lucky guesses. Then you, you guessed you guessed better than I did. I only got five. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I found out the, the group's name, it's actually a J-pop, uh, it's J-pop, J-pop, but it's, um, AKB 48, I think. Oh, we might be fact checking here. I'll have to edit all of this to make sure that I'm actually. (laughs) But anyway, I guess there's 48. For those who were as clueless as I was not too long ago, <laughs> K-pop is Korean pop and J-pop yes, is Japanese, Japanese pop. pop. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. So we just, um, we were going to spring that on you whether you had taken it or not. So I think that was a fun, hopefully yeah, a fun, fun thing for our listeners too. <laughs> I loved it. Ah, yes. Um, so just to, just to fact check, uh AKB's for uh, AKB 48's lineup has frequently changed and the group consists of 107 active members. Woo! <laughs> yes. I knew it was big. I was like I, I thought 18 and 7 and not 17. NCT was a lot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's like very very large. Anyway, um so starting back where we where we normally start an episode how did this start for you guys? And then what was the sort of event horizon moment? Um, well, for me, I think it was back fourth grade, New Year's, um, New Year's Eve, which was like 2017. Um, 
So it was still 2017, but the next day was going to be 2018. Um, <laughs> just to specify, uh, we always have we have this tradition of watching like rocking New Year's Eve. Um, then as we stay up till midnight, and BTS actually performed, and none none of us had any idea what K-pop was or anything. We were like, are they singing another language? I understand some of what they're saying, not for. Not, not all of it, and yeah, for people who don't know, it's mostly in Korean, but there's a few in just like um, phrases ever out here, here and there. And I didn't even remember what the, from the intro, what their group name was again. I was like, what did they say their group name was? I was complete, we were all completely clueless. Um, and that didn't cross my mind again till like, I think probably the sixth grade. But in the fifth grade, my friend Lucia became obsessed with BTS um and she would like play songs and stuff for me and my friends and I was like oh they're pretty cool um they got good music and stuff and then I got more and more into them and uh that's how I came to k-pop and didn't even realize that remember that BTS thing at New Year's Eve to like the sixth grade I was like oh yeah that was BTS oh wow (laughs) yeah nice yeah, and being that. being part of that, that was that New Year's <laughs> Eve was hilarious because we're we're like turning up the volume on the TV, trying to like. Well, I can understand some of it, but I really can't. And we, th- you know, we just assumed that they that all the lyrics were in English, and then it was just hilarious, right? So I think Mom did say that it was like, are they speaking another language? I think we we all just dismissed it though. We were like, oh no, nah. no, because I can understand that phrase. Yeah, so. like that's. They just said, yeah, or something. I don't know. <laughs> That's so funny. And the, and the event horizon for me is because of Giovanna. <laughs> uh, but at this point, the new tradition is that whenever we're cooking dinner, K-pop is playing. Usually it's a particular band. Mama Moo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but so, you know, we, it's like, okay, we're that the event horizon is now we can't play any other music while we're cooking dinner than mama moose so. yeah yeah I, I um there's their their debut song mr ambiguous i thought dad would love a lot so i showed him the music video and he was like oh they're pretty cool so we now we listen to them every time for dinner they got like kind of more of an r&b kind of a jazzy thing uh sound than most groups so yeah, that's why he likes them, and I like them because they're K-pop, and yeah. <laughs> and cool. we'll, and that's an interesting piece, too, because I don't know how much you've listened, Taylor. I've, I've kind of been forced to listen and have found that uh, <laughs> there are some groups I actually like, but um, they are very visual, right? Oh, so yes. almost everything's got music videos or whatever, and, and Giovanna's shown me a couple of them, and the, I have been impressed with the variety right of what they do so being a uh, someone who loves jazz and horn and trumpet music and i'm like okay well that one had horns in it i can listen to that one right so yeah definitely i i have i don't even know where i sort of like first heard about k-pop i I really, yeah, I have, I don't even know, I don't, I don't know that I could really pinpoint, like, sort of the, the event, or, like, this, like, where it even started for me, or how I really even know about it, really, um, because, to me, 
it was something that like, even in, in high school and college, um, I was very obsessed with, uh, with boy bands, like, you know, growing up, right. Like very obsessed with, with boy bands, like NSYNC, Backstreet Boys. And then even in high school and college, which was, um, like One Direction and I'm trying to think of other ones. Yeah. But, you know, so it was like a very sort of the, the fan base around something like One Direction was, is kind of, on a smaller scale, but similar to how fan bases are for, or how I understand fan bases are for K-pop. Um, and so I kind of like was, I remember sort of the first, the f- first sort of thing that I can think about in terms of BTS, which is really, I think a lot of where a lot of people, at least that I know, um, sort of got into introduced to K-pop was, was yeah, BTS because they've yeah. been on, um, like James Corden, that like the Late Show. Yeah. Um, what is his show called? The Late Late Show with James Corden or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's been on a lot of stuff. Yeah. So, so I feel like that's kind of like when a lot of people were introduced, and I sort of really loved BTS because they were very similar to like a boy band, basically. Right. You know, they yeah. they're like this big group that um, you know that sings and dances and is pretty choreographed and. Um, you know, similar sort of fan base where you've got like this group and people pick their favorites and you have team, you know, like, right. oh, I'm team so-and-so or I'm team whatever, or you're biased <laughs> or whatever it is. Yeah. And so, you know, kind of got into BTS because I was like, oh, they're, you know, it's basically a cur- not a Korean version of One Direction, but they sounded very similar and sort of the energy and the vibes were very similar. And so I very much um, liked BTS from sort of that introduction to it. But I think like, I probably came into it more from a J-pop perspective um, because I watched a lot of anime growing up and especially in college. And so a lot of anime openings are done by, you know, J-pop artists and you like that similar style is it's very J-pop. Like one of my favorites is they're, they're technically not J-pop because they're technically metal, um, but they're called baby metal. And so I don't know if you guys have heard of them, but um, they're basically, it's three, they're a Japanese, you know, band girl group and it's three girls and they are uh, basically a a metal band, Um, but also where we forgot our normal intro and I will insert now. On the Black Hole Cafe, we are not experts. This yeah, is no, just we have to be very so we're going to get all the well actuallys about what's J-pop and what's K-pop and what's metal. And what's I will get it wrong. Yeah. Please correct me. Um, definitely not an expert. But anyway, baby metal, um, because uh, I don't even know like how I found them or, or whatever, but, but really liked baby metal. Um, and they are sort of similar where it's like this big choreographed, um, you know, it's three, it's three, uh, women and, um, three girls and they, you know, are a J-pop group basically, but they're also, they're basically a metal band that is sort of poppy. Um, and I fell in love with them. I even saw them when they came to Austin. So, but it's, it's <laughs> kind of similar in style in terms of like the the production value, right? Like anytime you watch a J-pop group or a K-pop group, there is always this huge amount of choreography and production and precision and lights and colors and all of these like sort of 
big things, which I think is present in what you're talking about too, the music videos, you know, right? Where it's like- Oh, they're, yeah, they're, 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 the one she showed me, it's like high art. Yeah, I, I even mean, the like concept art. Even if you're like from a small company and like you're not very popular, barely anyone knows about you, it's still gonna be like way better than anything that would be in America. It's like they're music videos, like without K pop, music video without I mean without music videos, K pop would not be the same. Like when you have a comeback, it you drop a music video for your title song. It was like if a comeback without a music video does not exist. So <laughs> So they won't, they might drop some more on the way. Like I said, you have a music video release of a song you, for a music video of a song you didn't have a music video before, but when they come back, when they come back, they'll drop a music video for their title song. Um, pretty much always their title song and then maybe have some more, maybe not, but yeah, it's a very big deal. <laughs> well, and, and I wonder if that's a good time. Uh, Giovanna, what was the show on Netflix that we watched? It's called Explained? Explained, yeah. So we, we heard about this thing, we watched it. it, it, it's episodic. So you just look up on Netflix, look up Explain. And then once you find that show, they have an episode on K-pop and it was very educational for me. Because <laughs> Giovanna had been trying to explain to me that, well, no, different groups come from different companies. Yes. Right, and what are they, there's like three. The, the, the main, the, like, the people like to call them the big three um jyp yg and sm and personally i like to say the big four um include big hit because they have bts but like the the most popular and like originally and probably still most popular sm yg and jyp because big hit was a like not very, doing very well um till they got bts they weren't very popular at first but once they became popular they're like now the most profitable company in korea well so. and the the amazing thing about that show i did not know all this they were there apparently back in the early 90s there was a big economic crisis in korea and as a then the government decided that culture was going to be one of their exports, one of their economic exports. And they, this is in the show on the Netflix show. So pardon me if I get some of it a little bit off, but basically the government was going to uh, allocate 1% or some amount of money to cultural export. And these companies came about and it was compared in the show to Motown in the US where these companies would cultivate the and market these groups. Mm -hmm. So K-pop's been going on since early 90s. Yeah, But 92. BTS, like you were saying, Taylor, I think BTS was the big, one of the big more international breakouts, but it's a, it's been a big deal way longer than, than what I was aware of. So that, we'll put that link in the show notes, but it was really interesting to hear them talk about, um, yeah, the, there are these, three main companies and they cultivate mm -hmm. those groups from the beginning and you said there's shows giovanna there are uh, competitions yes, there's um yeah there's survival shows um i got it a bit wrong when i told you i've learned more from then but um because <laughs> i haven't really watched many shows partially because we don't have korean uh, cable stuff here yeah. but uh, <laughs> i mean there's stuff on youtube but um you don't always watch those uh survival shows so um, it's different for rookie groups, um, trainees, which is what they're called when they're being cultivated, which can take 
you're a trainee, you're being trained by the company, can take up to like 10 years or something, 15 years, a very long time, um, to finally debut. And then you, you put on a survival show. If you're, um, it's basically, um, you're basically going against each other, see who, if everyone in the group will debut or not. So it's kind of, it's really, I, um, so you're, one day your best friend might be in the group and then the next day they might be eliminated. Um, so it's kind of very, very stressful just like thinking about like being in that situation. I'd be like, oh, wow. Um, so you're basically going against each other and then people, and then whoever's still there at the end gets to debut in the group. Um, yeah. It's, it's, but it's not a thing like where, where members of a group come in and out or, or maybe just like different people join and different people leave. I think they're under contract happen? with yeah, yeah. the, with, contract. what is it, JYP or the, whoever? The company, whatever company. So the under. company might move them in and out from what I've seen or heard. <laughs> they might move them in and out of the group or they might do single stuff, right? Oh, yes. Yeah. That, that, um, they don't usually, to answer your question specifically, that doesn't usually happen. If someone leaves the group, they most likely are not going to come back. They might. Um, but they and they don't usually put someone new in the group um, after they debut. It's just if someone decides to leave or something and comes back, or like if they're like injured and half can't be in this comeback, but come back like when they're healed or whatever. Um, but uh, they almost always release solo stuff at some point in their career. They'll go out of, they'll still be in the group, but they'll release solo stuff outside of the group, like Kwasa from Mamamoo. And well, every member has, besides the I think, has done an official thing outside of the group Mamamoo. Um, yeah. But I think that since, since they're all cultivated and promoted by the companies, they're all under contract. Now, I don't know yeah. if that would be they, in the show, in the Netflix, Netflix show, they talked about it like what equivalent to what Motown was in the day, right? But maybe it's like record labels would be in the yeah. U.S. Yeah, except, that's the best you know, I can yeah, yeah. compare it. Yeah. yeah. Oops. Um, yeah, that makes sense. I actually, the thing that I was thinking about that I like kind of hadn't thought about for a while until we, we started talking about this is I actually have a, an acquaintance. I probably wouldn't call them a friend anymore just because I haven't spoken to them in years. But in college was um, friends with this guy who basically dropped out of college, went to go be a model in New York and is now a member of a K-pop group. Um, and like does, <laughs> Yeah. Um, so his name is Koki and he is part of um, EXP, X, uh, EXP edition. Um, they're small. They're not like, yeah. they're not big. I don't think. Um, yeah. and I don't know what the, what company they're a part of or anything, but yeah, it's basically like, it was sort of that it was this, um, or the way that I understand it is kind of that, that the companies will find individual groups of people and put them together to make a new group. Um, and then like sort of put them like, right, you're auditioning to be in a specific K-pop group or whatever, and then that group gets together and then is, you know, promoted by the company is kind of how I understand the way that it works. Yeah. Um, but anyways, yeah, so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and, and, and as a, I just was fascinated as a 
national movement in Korea, all you know, up to the government levels to say, hey, we're going to do this and we're going to, you know, we're, this is a help us get out of an economic situation and it's going to be a cultural thing. And now it's, you know, now it's worldwide and, um, yeah, phenomenon, I mean, you know, <laughs> even to the point right where I guess it was what last year's Grammys that Halsey and, and BTS did, yeah. did a song Wireless together. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, cause Halsey is an incredibly famous, uh, artist in the United mm-hmm. States. And so to, to have like, I think, um, they even did, maybe it wasn't, maybe it was, I think it, maybe it was last year's Grammys, but, um, yeah, they did like a couple, uh, they did um, a song with Halsey and then um, I think maybe a song with someone else too. But yeah, we're uh, very, are like very big in the United States. And I feel like that's very true. It's sort of become this, this huge thing in the United States as well. And right, the, the fan bases are insane for these <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> very much <laughs> i feel like yeah. that's a huge part of k-pop is like yes, understanding yes. the fan base of these oh it, it, it <laughs> from what she's shown me and what i've seen it is you know they put the fan in fanatic yes <laughs> right? uh, and you know, something we were watching or listening to they were talking about like within hours of I'm sorry, I'm going to say it, a release <laughs> within hours of a comeback. <laughs> There'll be translations all over the internet oh, because yeah. the mm-hmm. fans are so into. Yeah. Um, usually a lot of music videos will have closed captions, but sometimes they don't. And even if they don't, people, um, fans will make these things called lyric videos. And also for songs and like for, for the songs that, don't have a music video or and for like the title song too um just like all different types of songs we make lyric videos they have the hangul uh korean alphabet the romanization and then they'll have the english translation at the bottom as you go through the song it'll be color-coded which members speaking right now uh singing or rapping right now um yeah all done by the fans <laughs> yeah right? fans and then there's like other stuff like black peak funny moments or something or just like um or they'll have guides like if you're want to get into k-pop you can go look up for k-pop guide or if you love k-pop or want to get into like a new group or something oh you already know this but um um guides for when you're like new to a group like oh this group's pretty cool i want to learn more about them you'll go look up guide for like let's say one us um and yeah have like this is this number they do this and that these are some iconic moments blah 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 yeah yeah, because I think like that's the interesting thing specifically. I don't know if it's specific to K-pop, but it's like it's not just about the music from my understanding. It's like very much about the group members and like being very into the the members of the group. And like mm-hmm. it's not it's it's so much more than just liking their music. Right. Like there yeah. are there's there are so many things that unite the fan bases like we were talking about at the beginning with like there's fan chants and like everyone has these you know biases or whatever and you and you're <laughs> like but it seems so much deeper than just like yeah i really like this band it's like no you 
are yeah. very invested in every member or you know some of the members and, of the and how they how they interact with each other too. yes exactly think, very much chemistry i think one is, chemistry yeah mm -hmm. yeah they they treat each other like family they spend just like 20 set 24 7 together usually living with each other in a dorm um they'll call each other um like the members who the younger members will call their the older members um like for males they'll call them their uh hoyongs um which means older brother in um korean they don't usually call each other the older ones don't call each other the um younger call like um i don't remember what it is what younger is, younger sibling is in korean but um won't call each other younger sibling just cast kind of like korean culture just elders are kind of more like up there um and uh and like for females um they'll call each the uh unnies uh, something like that um <laughs> yeah like older sister um yeah it's very like they it's very well uh, and i think they even talked about it on the <laughs> on the netflix show that it is um I don't want to say manufactured because, it, but it is the whole groups and genres, the way they connect with the fans is very wholesome, charisma, yes. all that kind of stuff. Yeah, you know? there's a, like, they, like, like structured too, right? Like this, like, mm -hmm. this is our fan chant. Our fans learn these things, right? Like it's, it's right. maybe structured is the wrong word, but uh, I guess I would equate it to like, you know, when you're becoming a, a like a sports fan or something like that, like a fan of a team, it feels like there is all this stuff that goes on with being yeah. a part of that team or being a fan right. of that specific group, right? You learn, you have to learn all of these things to really be a fan of that group, right? And that's like all intentional. Intentional is probably a better word than like manufactured yeah, yeah. or structured. It's like, it's very intentional the way that they engage with their fans. And then also the way that like they're in fans, their fans engage back, right? That you, you as a fan know how to, like you're going to this concert. So you need to know all of these things to be able to participate in this concert and in, in the way that like the rest of the audience is going to be doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and the thing that surprised me about it was for, um, you know, different from what music was for me growing up uh, is all the visuals. Yes. Right. So, um, and, and, there is some beautiful stuff they're doing. So it's not just the music and not just the charisma and the interaction between the members, but these videos are <laughs> phenomenal. And Movie. some of them, Netflix yeah. movies. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, and they're, and they're, and I, they're concept art too, right? It's so it that. isn't, it isn't, you know, oh, we're just going to have a bunch of dancers on stage and do the choreo, you know, the choreography, right? So what you're going to see at a concert or on the New Year's Rockin' Eve or whatever is very different than some of these videos. And some of them are concept around the music. And some of them, I think they even said it on one of the things Giovanna and I were watching where it's like, oh, whatever they're doing in the video, you don't even know what's going on. It doesn't relate to the, to the music, but it is cool. Yeah. <laughs> right? so. Yeah, but it's like um, this huge visual production. And like, mm -hmm. yeah, it's just like this really, really, I think that that's the thing is like the interesting, I think the thing that's so different about like uh, a company for K-pop, right, is, is that 
it is all a very um like like you said right it's it's part of this like cultural export where it is it is art and like very you know um sort of like how can we make this really interesting to watch and really cool and like you know really engage with our fans and in an interesting and like bright and vibrant way and there's this like huge production value that just goes into it mm-hmm. to to make these like ginormous music videos yeah you mentioned um concepts which is actually another thing that um i don't know much about american pop um <laughs> but so um if i get some stuff wrong by saying that america or by assuming american pop has some stuff that k-pop does or doesn't have stuff that K-pop does, I'm sorry, but I just, I don't know much about it. Um, but I don't think in America that they really have this, the concepts, they like, um, they'll be like cute concepts, like, and they'll, um, there's almost no group that's stuck to just one concept. They're, um, or will, if they're new, and they, the only way is if they're new, if they haven't had a chance to change concepts yet. Like the group two started with this song called Magnolia. Um, it was like kind of like a dark kind of creepy vibe and then their next comeback was this completely cute and loving thing and it's like a whole different group and um it's yeah, like I think you're right I think yeah I think often in American music and bands they 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 find their groove and they stick with it mm-hmm. right whatever yeah. that whatever that image is and the what I've seen of the k-pop doing this with Giovanna is man, they are versatile. And mm-hmm. the other thing they talked about is they also, K-pop borrows from everything. So I'm talking about <laughs> hearing jazz and other things. Yeah. In the, so I pick the ones I like. Um, yeah. There have been several times where we're driving and I'm like, okay, you got to pause that. That <laughs> riff, whatever it is, that is a Madonna song from Oompa when Oompa I grew Oompa up. I read right? Velvet. So, yeah, yeah, you, yeah, it was bothering you so sample, much. Sample, right? Like, like, I think <laughs> that's like a big, uh, that's part of K-pop too, is like there, you often will hear like samples of music that, like I know, right? Like Madonna or whatever right, that right. you hear. <laughs> you're like, I recognize that being in America. And you're like, oh, I recognize that. And it's just been sampled from, you know, from yeah. something and they're, else. And they're, yeah. and they're pulling from hip hop, from oh, yeah. jazz, it, from... It can yeah. change forever. Like, Girls' Generation's I Got a Boy. Like, that song is absolutely crazy. <laughs> Go listen to it if you're listening after, right we, now. Or we will, to I'm it. sure it we'll have the like show crazy. notes, we'll have links to YouTube videos for yeah. many, many K-pop yeah, songs. Yeah, but like the song, like, it just changes completely. Oh, and it just is like so crazy. There's like I think they they wrote it really quick. Whoever wrote it like wrote it in like an hour, like fifteen minutes, something like really quick time. I don't remember what the <laughs> time was specifically, but yeah. Do I guess my question is, and I don't know the answer to this. Like specifically for concepts, is it that each comeback or each album will have a concept, or is it that each sort of like release? has a has a concept um each comeback i would say has a concept they um and also each comeback has a concept usually um yeah and sometimes like and like releases in different languages sometimes it'll mostly be a bunch of japanese versions of songs in another language but they'll sometimes have some songs that are originally in like japanese or something and those songs will like be generally like the sort of same concept 
um, like BTS's um, Stay Gold and um, oh, I can't remember the name, but there's like some, uh, there's like three songs in this Japanese um, album they have, mostly Japanese versions that are like generally the same vibe, like kind But of you've shown me some that be like, like the, the Mamamoo one that I love so well, much is yeah, like but, um, 50s retro kind of vibe. And then she showed me some that are like in one comeback. In one right? comeback, so, it will usually be the same concept. Okay, gotcha. Um, and they'll like release, there's this whole process leading up to it to get fans excited that I don't think happens in America. Um, there's like, they'll release teasers for the music videos and like little <laughs> stuff and they'll have concept photos like them. Um, and everything and it's like this whole thing i personally hate spoilers no matter what so i avoid <laughs> those as much as possible um, so but like you people like get excited they watch the teasers look at concept photos they're like oh yay my vet my favorite group's coming back um yeah and then the day finally comes. well you know taylor you said something that i don't know the answer to so i'm going to ask giovanna about I, i'm curious your your um uh, analogy to sports teams it, do do fans have a loyalty to a company or is it just they have their k-pop groups they love just like you have your sports teams that you love you usually have your k-pop groups that you love like um, and you don't care which company they're from no not okay. really usually unless maybe like the company had a big scandal or something you're like oh no they're like not gotcha. that company's whatever um yeah, they, it's usually like your groups and you like the company most likely will not introduce you to them unless it's um, like they're um, debuting from a new company, from a big company and like, oh, they're from this company. So they're got to be good and we'll check them oh, out or gotcha. whatever. But um, yeah, it's usually more group loyal than company loyal. Some, um, yeah. And then Taylor mentioned boy bands. <laughs> Everything I've seen so far, it's boy bands and girl bands. You don't yes. have very many mixed, there's, right? There's only, yeah. no, three now. There's now three popular groups that are co-ed. One of them is, there's only one that is actually originally debuted in this group. Um, it's CARD, K-A-R-D. Um, it's a co-ed group made of two males, two females. And then Triple, um, Triple H, they only had one comeback, one um they only just had their debut, but they're only popular because it was made up of people from already popular groups. It was Hugh and E. Don from Pentagon, and then uh, Hoyana, I don't know how to say her name, but uh, from, uh, from Four Minute, and they were already very popular. And then the latest group, SSKA3, I think, something like that. <laughs> I'm pretty sure um, is made up of already popular artists. I'm not certain about that, but. Well, I just yeah. thought it was great because as, you know, for pop music to just be the battle of the boy bands and the girl bands, <laughs> and, right? So yeah. yeah, it very much is. And it's, it's kind of this, like, I think that you, like there are very few American artists that you sort of get this with like the closest thing that I can think of in American pop is really like 
almost like Taylor Swift or even Beyonce to an extent, right? Where like Taylor Swift has this way wild fan base right. of, yeah. and her, her albums tend to be very concept focused. And like, she does sort of do that thing where she has, um, you know, like teasers before the release or whatever. And so she'll, but because those like are generally not her albums are- Those are megastars. No, it's- Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. That's yeah, what I was going to say. Like, we don't really have that in America where we have these like groups. I mean, the closest thing that I can think of is boy bands or girl bands in the nineties, you know, right. like they mm-hmm. have these single mega stars that, oops, sorry, single mega stars that get those huge, huge followings like that. But you don't really have the same sort of like this specific genre has all of these different groups and just all these different followings and follow the same style pattern, things like that. Like that's very, very different than what you would get in like American pop for sure. Yeah. Um, there's, it's extremely, extremely rare to have a person who's popular as a soloist and wasn't originally from a group like um, Sunmi uh, from Wonder Girls. Wonder Girls was a big group back in the early 2000s. Um, they ended up breaking up though and Sunmi went solo. Now she's a very big um, solo artist. I actually um, got into her from her solo stuff, not her Wonder Girls stuff. I didn't know that at first. I was like, oh, she's from Wonder Girls? That's cool. Um, and uh, Taman uh, was a very big solo artist, and he was originally in a group called Shiny. Um, the only person I can name who I think was, um, um, who was originally a soloist is Somi. I think she's the only person who debuted as a soloist that I can name. Um, Interesting. I'm not even sure if she did to be a soloist, honestly, but yeah, it's so, very rare. Giovanna, is, is K-pop your like favorite genre of music, would yes. you say? <laughs> or yes. maybe her only genre of music, <laughs> unless... Unless I, I, I make her listen to I, something I, else. I, I, I listen, I like Sabrina Carpenter, so she's a pop person, but I only, I know about her from the, uh, Girl Meets World. <laughs> and The Old Secrets is a J-Rock band, weird name, but great music. Um, they're very good. Yeah, those are, that's about all that I listen to. That's not K-pop. <laughs> Interesting. I mean, I feel like, do, do you think that that's, um, like, uh, I guess my question is, does that is that is that how a lot of people are who are fans of K-pop that it's like their number one music genre? Do you think um, it just to me the only so. thing that I'm thinking about is like the fans of K-pop are so intense about k-pop from just from what i've seen right like there's like there is so much energy there that i just want that's what i guess what i'm curious about is like i don't really think that there is a lot that you could equate that to in like american pop or really like american music in general is very very different yeah it's very um unique it's very its own thing um yeah i think most people I know who um, are K-pop fans, that it would be their number one genre. My friend Mia likes other, I mean, my friends do like other stuff too, like you have like pop songs and stuff that they like, but they think it would mostly be most of the music they liked. Um, yeah. 
And, and it isn't just teens, right? Because I have to tell the story of one of the summer camps a couple of years ago. I'm going to pick up Giovanna from summer camp and one of the oh, camp counselors, yeah. <laughs> they were talking, I don't know how it came up, but Giovanna's <laughs> like K-pop and this, you know, college age counselor is like, no, J-pop. And they got in a Oh yeah, yeah. In, a, in a argument, but it was all fun, right? <laughs> Talking about K-pop and J-pop. <laughs> yeah. Um, there was actually I went to this camp once. Um, that was um back when I was very first introduced to K-pop. That was like my first summer K-pop. I only knew BTS. Only knew stuff about BTS. <laughs> um, I remember looking for like a K-pop for sort of movie on Netflix and all that came up was the dream concert which is this big concert in Korea with a bunch of different groups and I just skipped to BTS and that's all I watched <laughs> um, um, so I didn't know much like that this was also I think the same summer but <clears throat> I went to another camp and there was I somehow BTS came up and this other person I don't remember what group she said she liked but um she liked K-pop too and she was um a counselor um yeah, I don't, and of course I didn't know anything about the group she was talking about. <laughs> um, I think how I was introduced to my first boy group that wasn't BTS was from one of my friends from a camp who liked K-pop too. I was like, oh, you should check out XO, um, which is spelled EXO, by the way, just in case anybody <laughs> wants to know. Sometimes I still read it as EXO rather than EXO, I have to admit. Um, but I was like, oh, okay. And I listened. He was like, you should listen to Love Shot. I was like, okay. And I went to listen to Love Shot and then Tempo. And I was like, oh, they're pretty good. So um, I won't say I'm a very big fan of them. I really only know um, some of their famous title tracks. But um, yeah, and then NCT and kind of twice Red Velvet got from there into this big whole thing. Yeah. And I think you just explained the Black Hole Cafe podcast. <laughs> so. <laughs> You find something and it starts sucking you in. And before you know it, you're, you're all in. Yeah. yeah. Well, I was just going to say, that's why I think for me, I have this big disclaimer at the beginning of the podcast around K-pop is because I know big names like BTS and Blackpink, but if you ask me anything else about them, <laughs> I can't tell you, right? And so to me, that means like, I'm probably not a big fan of K-pop because I like, it's like, yeah, I know, I know some big names, but I don't know any of the group members' names or anything like that or really <laughs> well, like I wonder more than a if few that, titles. I wonder if you flip that though to say that, to, to understand how broad a reach K-pop now has because it isn't just the fans who know every outfit they've ever worn in whatever <laughs> video or whatever. Right? I was just taking the quiz before that on music video outfits. <laughs> and, and it's like, okay, if, if you'd be at one level, I'd be at an even higher level of, if I know about K-pop now, I, I have actually, some of the songs... Giovanna's introduced me to I had actually heard somewhere else right like as a yeah. as a sign for mm -hmm. how big it is it is yeah. not a niche thing anymore right? I guess yeah. So, yeah. yeah that's very true um yeah that makes a lot of sense yeah we'd go to a restaurant sometimes and Blackpink or BTS would be playing I'd be like oh hey they're playing that's so cool it's <laughs> so, like kill this love by Blackpink started playing boy with love by BTS I was like oh yay <laughs> Well, I think we're we're uh, we could, as always, go on forever, but we're we're kind of <laughs> running on time. 
I don't know, we're not going to have, like we do with cooking shows, what's your biggest K-pop failure, but we could <laughs> have um, resources, right? So mm -hmm. what's your, so I'm going to add for me as, as a noob, the, you know, if you want a 20 or 30 minute, where did this come from? Go look up that Explain series on Netflix and, and watch the one about K-pop. And uh, Giovanna, I don't know what resources you would have without getting us too deep, understanding this is for someone <laughs> who's just learning. I think um, it would be good if you just look um, uh, YouTube, actually, just look up a K-pop guy on YouTube. Um, if what, so you just uh, search for K-pop guy. You just search for like a K-pop guy and it will like um, introduce you to some of the basics and stuff and you can go deeper from that, like um, do whatever group like you see might seem interested in like look up some groups and be like oh they seem cool and then like to watch a guide to them get into them listen to their music and then just see where it goes from there and like watch variety shows and stuff like pretty much every fan um knows how to say Anyong or Anyong Haseo if you want to be respectful um be from watching variety shows and stuff and Gapsamida thank you um and that sort of stuff um yeah, if you really want to know how far <laughs> past the event horizon she is, or the summer of no camps in the pandemic, we're like, we, we got to have some activities to do. So uh, I can't forget what the series is called. Living Language. Living Language. She's learning Korean. <laughs> wow. Yep. <laughs> that is certainly I told past her, the event horizon. Yeah, yeah. I told her it's like, everybody's loving these songs and singing along and they could be talking about uh, why paving the streets with potatoes is a good idea because we don't know what any no, of the no. lyrics mean. But then yeah. she's like, no, they have them all translated. <laughs> she's just going to learn Korean. So she knows the language. I love it. I love it. Uh, I would say for resources, I would just encourage people to look up their favorite uh, late night show, like the Late Late Show with James Corden, kind of like we've mentioned, to see if some of the bigger K-pop artists like BTS or Blackpink have had appearances there. So that's probably a pretty easy way to introduce yourself to K-pop. And they usually do a performance. Some, I think BTS has even been on Saturday Night Live. Um, so to watch their performances there is probably a really um, fun and easy way to uh, to introduce yourself to, to K-pop at a pretty high level. So that's really all I would say for, for my resources. Um, so I think that that is the, all the time that we have for our topic today. Um, and that means that it's time to move on to our special feature of the show, which is uh, the media black hole. So I'll ask both of you this week, what is your suggestion for either books or movies or TV shows or podcasts um, that are really worthy of, of getting sucked into that you've watched either or consumed recently or in the past? Well, I will, I will start by, for the first time, I think, following your lead, Taylor, and pick something that's related to the show. <laughs> and uh, we heard about this podcast from uh, Giovanna and I were taking one of the Today at Apple sessions back when stores were open and you could go do those things. <laughs> um, and the, the podcast is called Switched on Pop. And if you go look that one up, they have a great episode about K-pop and, and including talking to a professor from 
UCLA. UCLA <laughs> that explains all this stuff and the history of it. And it's really good. But um, I, for probably a fairly long time, would have been a bit of a music snob about pop music. Um, but have no. found that show <laughs> not opinionated at all. But, uh, I have found that show really interesting, Giovanna, and I will listen to it. And they pick all different kinds of genres. They are, uh, I, I can't remember, both of them are professors and musicians, but it's, it's, it's very well done. And they, they will take particular songs or artists or whatever and talk about the roots of the music and all this kind of thing. So it's, it's obviously around pop music specifically, <laughs> but um, so Switched On Pop, the podcast, is what I'm going to have for my media black hole pick this week. Um, nice. For me, I'm going to also stick with the topic and suggest a K-drama. Um, for people who don't know what that is, it's a Korean drama. Um, <laughs> um, and the suggest Strong Girl Bong Soon. Um, it's, <laughs> it's about this, um, this girl is born, um, is born with these um, superhuman powers and it's um, most Personally, I'm not a very big drama fan because um, I'm more into like kind of like comedy and stuff and like just completely silly shows. Um, of course, it's still a like, K-drama, hey, so this is still dramatic, but I'm all right with some drama that has some comedy. This is, uh, has some comedy and rom-com, technically. Um, and it's about this girl who's born with superhuman strength and ends up being this bodyguard for this uh, big CEO of, uh, CEO of this big company. And... Um, ends up falling in love with her and stuff and we go from there. Uh, I haven't watched much of it, much of it yet, but that means I can't spoil it. So um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and where is, it's a TV show and where do you find it? Um, I am not sure, honestly. Like where I've are you been, watching it? I watching on watching, YouTube or Hulu? I was or? watching on um, YouTube. It used okay. to be on Netflix. It's not anymore. That was sad, but um, okay. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, I should check out that show, but <laughs> We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll find where it's best available, you know, yeah. just YouTube and we'll put it in the show notes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so mine is sort of on brand for me at this point, cause it's food related. Um, <laughs> but, uh, we have been watching, um, a Netflix, uh, sort of documentary series called street food. Um, and there's two, uh, different, um, uh, like, I guess there's street food, Latin America and then street food, Asia. So technically two different documentary series, um, each with one season each, but basically what it is, is each episode takes a different, um, city and like a uh, country and then city within that country and just discusses, like does a documentary on street food in that city. So Latin America, they do Salvador and Brazil. Um, and we've been making, a uh, Pedro is Brazilian, so we've been making a lot of Brazilian food. So that was really fun for us to watch. Um, but they have, you know, Mexico, Bolivia, um, and the Latin American one is is really, really cool to watch. Growing up in Texas, there is a lot of like Latin American influence in our cuisine. And so it was fun to sort of see the origination of a lot of the things right. that we like empanadas where 
there are so many different versions of what an empanada really is and, and how that originated with street food. And then even in Asia, there's, um, you know, there's an episode on Seoul, Korea. There's um, an episode in Japan and Osaka. There's um, a Thailand episode. So it's really, really interesting just to, uh, like, it's a documentary that just examines sort of the most um, popular street foods of each of those cities. Um, but you get these really, really interesting stories of the people who make these street foods and sort of where they come from and why they're so important to every to each of these cities. Um, so it's kind of been our escape since we can't travel at this point to uh, kind of watch um, watch the those shows and and really like be inspired by the by the food and street food of those shows. Uh, um, I just realized I said the name wrong. Uh, I mess it up sometimes. A strong woman, Bong Soon, not strong girls, Bong Soon. <laughs> just to clarify. That's on Perfect. <laughs> yeah, no, that's great. I love it. Um, well, I think that that is all the time that we have for this week. So thank you both for joining me at the Black Hole Cafe today to discuss your latest obsession. This was a really fun one. Very for different. Sure. Yeah, yeah, this is fun. Thank, yeah. Thanks, Giovanna, for being our first guest Anytime. on the Black Hole. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'd be welcome you... to just talk about K-pop for however long, any day. <laughs> <laughs> Next time she's on, she'll be speaking Korean. <laughs> Well, that's great. It was, this was a blast. And um, so Taylor, I don't know if you know what's on the event horizon next, or if you want to give spoilers, or are we just uh, going <laughs> to surprise everyone next week? Well, it's possible, de depending. We'll see. I have, a, I have an idea of a direction that I'd like to go. So it's possible we'll see another guest next week and maybe do something food related again, just because that yeah. is how I live my life these <laughs> days. Um, so we'll see, but I think that's what I'll leave it with for, for yeah. the time being. And you said New Direction. Was that a boy band, I think? Uh, sorry, One that was direction. One Direction. One Direction. <laughs> yeah, uh -huh. yeah I, I know that from some of my friends. That's only like, that's like the only boy group from, that's popular nowadays that I can name. It's yeah. not Kate Paul. Well, well that would be fun to have them on next ago. week, so. Oh man, I would die. I don't think I would be able to function at all. I have like the biggest, um, like I can't even meet like D-list celebrities without freezing. I'm, I get horribly starstruck. So, you know, that would be, would not be a great episode for me. I would just be silent the entire time. You could have your lips moving and we're just like, yep, normal Zoom call. She's moving the yeah. whole time. Yeah. I'll just dub over myself. It would make the episode really easy if you're moving. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, thanks again, y'all. And thanks everyone for listening. This was such a fun episode. So really appreciate it. Yep. Go sure. check your K-pop. Yeah. Get on YouTube. Look at the yeah, videos. Go, you, got, you have to at least got to watch one video to know what we're talking about with how crazy the music videos are. <laughs> Yes. Hey, that's absolutely. our first episode with homework. Yeah. <laughs> Go watch a K-pop music video. Yeah. I love it. All right. Well, thanks, everyone. Bye. Yeah, bye. Have a nice day. <laughs> Thank you all for listening today. We'd love it if you subscribe to our show in your podcatcher of choice and if you would rate or review us on Spotify or Apple Podcast. And we'd love to hear from you as well. You can send us an email at info at theblackholecafe.com or let us know what's on your event horizon on the web at www.theblackholecafe.com. 
or on Facebook and Instagram at The Black Hole Cafe or on Twitter at just Black Hole Cafe. Thanks again for listening. Take care and don't forget your towel. Go ahead. And <laughs> I just a correction from earlier. So I was looking up baby metal and they are specifically a genre, um, a, Jap- a Japanese genre called kawaii metal, which is cute metal.